0: Hey Emily. Hey Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast where we destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode four, Balance with B. Today we talk to a CTNC and balanced hormone coach, Britt.
1: So CTNC stands for Certified Transformational Nutrition Coach. So it's a type of coaching. The transformational aspect of it is it talks about nutrition as well as your psychological state and your spiritual state. So it's all three of those put together form a little beautiful triangle. It's all balanced out. So you're not just focusing just on nutrition. So how
2: did you get into that then?
1: So I've been working in mental health for about seven years now as a counselor up here in Canada. And so I sort of already had been doing mental health a lot. And then I had a horrible experience with an IUD and realized how many women don't understand their bodies and what happens to their bodies every month and that sort of thing. So I got really into the nutritional aspect of it and how trauma and psychology can impact your cycle. And so I went back to school during COVID because what else am I going to do? And
0: that's where I am. How do you connect spirituality to everything else that you do in that triangle? Because I think sometimes we have these different ideas, right? they float in separate spaces and then one day they kind of kiss each other and they're like yeah. oh this makes sense all of a sudden now i get it this is like the core of how i process as a woman when did that strike you when did you put those pieces together and think i have to share this i have to make this my calling to help other women so
1: actually the training that i have the transformational nutrition training is all three of those aspects. So beforehand, I had the spiritual connection already a part of my life, but having this training sort of just, what's the word I'm looking for? Like amplified it, made me way more aware of how spiritual connection can help you sort of get into your body and realize like the negative and positive aspects of your life. So I do think it wasn't until maybe this year in COVID, where I actually figured out how important it is to have connections with things other than work and TV, to have connections with those friends that you haven't talked to in a long time, or connections with the nature and the world around us and going outside and feeling the snow in your hands and feeling the water as like you're swimming, like all of those little tiny things. So I think this year, I definitely had like a lot more of a spiritual awakening, if you want to call it that spirituality. For me, personally, I'm not a religious person. So for me, spirituality doesn't necessarily mean God or Jesus or Buddha, anything like that. For me, it's having connection. So connection with people connection with my body connection with nature. And for other people, it can mean whatever it is to them. But for me, that's what I call spirituality. And I'm sure I, there's people that would
0: disagree with me, but that is why it's individual. First of all, I love that you said that because I grew up very Catholic, but mm-hmm. as I got older, spirituality, I was like, oh, I'm very spiritual. For me, it's like the universe. And I like that you say that because it it shows that the connection with our earth right? With our universe, it changes the way that you think of things mentally. And it does connect your mental health in a way, because when you're feeling uh, overwhelmed, what sometimes do you do? You go outside, you take a breath, you enjoy nature, go for a walk. So I really appreciate that that is part of your MO and that's what you teach. Because I think a lot of people think, you know, it's this one way and you you have to be so black and white, but there's there's little shades in there. And I think that that's, that's where that kind of closing your eyes and feeling the universe comes into play. So I love that spirituality is part of that kind of scientific journey of what you teach.
1: I love that you said that about the universe. Cause
0: I literally, I put
1: it all out there. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to put it out to the universe. If it happens, it happens. And
0: then we will just move on. Did you always feel connected to that spiritual part of yourself? Oh, when it came
1: to (laughs) tell us, (laughs) I grew up in, in the town that I live in. We are, there's a lot of religion. I was like the outsider. A lot of the girlfriends that I grew up with were part of church and would go every Sunday or like go to youth groups during the week. And I was always invited and I would go and I don't know, I just didn't find it very it didn't satisfy me. I was like, I don't know what this is all about. So I sort of just felt very disconnected from it, thinking that it had to be a religious aspect. And so just recently, in the last few years, I've realized that doesn't have to be it doesn't have anything to do with that it can be nature and it can be whatever it is that you want it to be I think for me the main thing is just having that connection piece
0: what is something that you because Bria I want to I'm curious to know you kind of talk about this moment where you looked in the mirror I always say people have to have mirror moments where they look in the mirror and they go these are the things I need to change about myself I'm sad I'm anxious I'm depressed so when did that happen for you and what was the most important thing that you got out of that think it actually happens every day for me
1: but Mm. I can pinpoint I think probably when I separated from my husband I was in like a fairy tale world of everything is fine and everything is perfect and then I sort of got hit in the face with like you just left your husband you left a family like not only my husband but like my in-laws and my sister-in-law my brother-in-law like I I left them all and I just hit rock bottom I was grieving the relationships with them I wasn't regretting my decision I don't ever regret the decision to leave but just in general just I hit rock bottom I was grieving I was on an IUD my emotions were everywhere hormones all over the place and I just looked in the mirror and was like what the hell is wrong with you like you have two children who you need to take care of you have a job you need to be mentally stable for you need to just like get your crap together girl who are you right now <laughs> Like I yelled at myself a little bit and part of me was like just accepting the fact that I wasn't that perfect package that I had been my whole life. And I might've let some people down and just realizing it's okay to be like that. And it's okay to do things that some people don't agree with you and just live the life that you need to live and do what you need to do to be happy and everything else will fall into place. So I like picked myself back up and started going to therapy and she was amazing. Oh,
0: I just love therapy. What's something you've learned that has transformed the way you proceed in your mirror moments every day? I think to not beat myself
1: up. So if I am feeling sadness or just like feelings from past are creeping in or things like that, instead of being like down on myself, like, oh, girl, what the hell are you doing? Like, you need to do better. You need to do this. You need to do that. Just accepting it and being more productive. Like how is it? Why are you feeling this way? How can you make yourself feel better? Is there something that you can do? Or do you just need to sit and have a good cry and journal about it and call a friend? So not beating myself up about it because I would do that. And it just makes you spiral further down.
0: There's something so beautiful about a woman who comes to realization that, you know, I need a little bit of help for not just myself, but Mm -hmm. for getting my crap together for my family. You have, if you don't mind talking about it, (laughs) kids. I do. What do you feel is important for them Mm -hmm. to learn as they start to become? Human beings in this yeah, world.
1: That emotions are real things and they're not meant to be closed or shut down or dismissed. They're real. And if you're feeling an emotion, why are you feeling that way? And if you can't figure out why, because it's really hard for a five year old to fe- realize why they're feeling a certain way, it's really hard for a 30 year old to realize it sometimes, but to just not dismiss those emotions and feel them. It's okay to feel those emotions. And I think a lot of it is me trying to control my emotions around them more so that I can be a better mom. That was a huge thing is just going through what I've been through. I have a lot of triggers. I have PTSD. So just trying to be a good mom and not let my triggers disrupt that flow. That's a big part of it. I a good mom. I don't really know what that means. So
2: I think we're fed this lie when we're younger. It, it's not even a lie because nobody's telling us. It's just that we're perceiving it as young children. We take what we're seeing and we go, this mm-hmm. is what being an adult is. They have no problems. Yep. They're able to do everything. Everything's fine. And then you hit, I don't know, twenty. 20- Let's say 25 26 right when you start like moving out of your parents house and maybe you're in a serious relationship and marriage is on the table and you're like oh i you have to pay for that how do i do that and <laughs> wait a checkbook i don't understand a credit card what is that sir so we're fed this thing right and we grow up with this perceiving like adults have it together We do not. I mean, I am a new adult and I don't have it together. I don't know. And it's something I say to my parents. They're first living their lives every day for the first time. So it's okay if they make mistakes. They were allowed. Because... It was their first time, like my first time owning a home. You are allowed to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Failure is okay. Yeah. I I understand the guilt thing because I definitely, I don't know. Maybe it's just as a woman, right? You, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know, but we have to do something to change the game.
0: Mm -hmm. To transform it almost. And that was something Uh, else, Brie, that I noticed that you offer with your coaching services, a 90 day transformation and that a 21 day reset. Can you tell us a little bit about those two things, how they differ and what somebody could maybe expect from doing, which I think these are wonderful things to do. If anybody is interested in like, where do I start? These are great places to start. So what do you offer and what differs with each of these programs?
1: So the 90 day transformation is coaching with me. So we meet once a week. We'll go through what's going on in your life right now. There's a health assessment as well that you can do. So we'll look at any health or like physical symptoms that you're having because a lot of the times like the different hormones that you're experiencing or digestive issues you're experiencing actually have nothing to do with food per se it's more trauma that you've had or stress that you're under and those hormones are just like wreaking havoc on your body so we do that and then as well we do types of therapy so there's lots of I use cognitive behavior therapy we just basically work through goals that you want to transform a lot of them are just how do I reduce the stress in my life how do I be okay with everything that is going on in my world and still be able to manage and not have my body hate me for it and then the 21 day reset so the 90 day one is just very comprehensive you get one-on-one attention we talk for an hour if not more every week and we sort of just work through problems that you're having whereas the 21 day reset is more of how can I reset my mind my body and my spirit to perhaps like if you're coming off birth control or if you're thinking about it if you're trying to get pregnant it's I want to say the word cleanse but I hate that word just because it's just got so much stigma attached to it, but there is in no way, shape, or form like you're not going to not eat for a week. Yeah, no, food no, no. And nutrition are important, exactly. And I can't go an hour without eating. So <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> same. Um, So yeah, the body aspect is just like all whole foods, like if it's basically if it has preservatives or sugars or anything like that, we just try to avoid it. So just whole foods like free range eggs, (laughs) um, hormone free beef and chicken and things like that. And then obviously, just avoiding some dairy, gluten, soy, things like that. But so it comes with all of those like re- meal plans, recipes, but there's also how to cleanse your mind and how to cleanse your spirit as well. So you're doing all three things at once. Did you come up
2: with this program when you were going through your divorce or after like,
1: did,
0: was it
2: evolved from that?
1: Sort of. So a lot of with working with mental health, I have a lot of training in mental health because of that. Yeah. So I have a lot of therapies, training, like different kinds of therapies and things like that. But then also going through to be this nutrition coach, I learned a lot through that. Obviously it's Sort of just verified everything that I had already learned. And then it taught me the nutritional aspect of it. So I think through that, the, a lot of the resources that they have given me, I've just been able to form my own sort of comprehensive package that makes sense yeah. Sounds so clinical oh <laughs> I'm like the least clinical person you will meet I'm super chill I
0: lack a lot but that's what being a human being is and I think sometimes I we and but that's where the stigma I think with mental health comes in right we don't ever want to get therapy because people think oh medication is bad and, and therapy is bad because it's so clinical and sterile and they're gonna wipe you of all your personality but I think what people don't realize is there are other human beings such as yourself that mm-hmm. take a different approach to therapy. It's not a one size fits all. There's a different type for everybody to be able to say, you know, maybe it's not just your mind that's suffering. Maybe it's your soul. How can we help that? Steph, you were saying before you were talking about that this was your first time getting medication. So one of the goals of this podcast was to be very open and to Mm -hmm kind of go outside of your comfort zone because I feel like you don't grow until you can acknowledge the things that are a little bit uncomfortable. Love that. Yeah, for me, it was realizing that I did need just a little extra boost every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And that didn't make me a failure. That didn't make me somehow uh, am guilty of anything. If anything, it made me stronger for realizing that, you know, sometimes I just need a little boost and that's okay. So Mm -hmm. for me... And I do have to actually give props to Emily's husband, Miguel, because he talked about his own personal journey. And I was like, God, that's very inspiring that somebody can acknowledge those things as well as my own partner who helped me realize it's okay to go to therapy. That doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you this like weirdo. Finally acknowledging that maybe I just needed a little extra every once Mm -hmm. in a while. Really, I think opened a set of doors that led into this beautiful, Mountainscape, and I was like, Oh wow, the world really can be beautiful and happy and okay, and it's not something that needs to be such a heavy burden, right? Mm-hmm. I can ask for help. And sometimes asking for help means admitting you just need that extra boost. So it was getting off birth control for me, mm-hmm. going through that journey and then saying, okay, maybe I need to go in a different direction. That's what's been helpful for me to kind of balance out the hormones. And you talked about IUD. What was your experience? Because, and I yeah. do think it's important to mention that I have girlfriends who it has helped them. They've mm-hmm. said, I've never felt better than when I was on something, when mm-hmm. I was on the pill, on the IUD. every Every, woman's body is different what was your experience so yeah I will say that too is that every woman
1: is different everybody's hormones are different it's gonna affect everybody differently for me I was entering into like my first new relationship since separating my husband and obviously I have two children I do not want to getting pregnant like that is not on my radar whatsoever so I tried the IUD because it was just the most convenient right like it just gets inserted it stays up there for five years no worries I am allergic to metals so I couldn't have the copper IUD, which is non-hormonal. And I didn't really ever have a bad experience when I was on the birth control pill beforehand. Like when I first got married, I was on it. All through university, I was on it. So I didn't have any very, I guess I did have a little bit of depression and anxiety, but it wasn't to the level that it was with the IUD. So got it inserted, everything was hunky-dory. And then about two months later, I just started crashing. And I thought it was just the like everything falling apart because I had just left my husband. And this I was in a long distance relationship, which I am a very like my love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. So <gasps> I want to be next to you at all times. So I don't know why I entered into a long distance relationship. But anyways, it did not help the situation. So I went, I started going to therapy, just trying to like figure out why I was feeling these things. My doctor put me in on antidepressant, all of this. And then therapy was sort of getting nowhere, not well, sort of necessarily, we opened a lot of doors that I had closed a long time ago. So again, everything happens for a reason. The universe obviously made this happen for me so that I could start healing those things. But eventually she was like, you, I think you need to just take your IUD out just take it out and we'll see what happens. So I took it out and all of those symptoms dissipated. I'm not going to say they went away because they definitely, they're there now, they're stuck. I was the, like, I could get out of bed. I wasn't having crying spouts for days on end. Like my kids would leave and I would spend the week if I wasn't working just on the couch. It was horrible. I was never, ever like that before. So once I got the IUD taken out, I was. that's when I started sort of researching like all of these things, like tracking your cycle and hormones and how they can affect your anxiety and depression levels and all of those things. So I just started researching all of that and how it can escalate everything. And so once I sort of got that back on track, a lot of my symptoms dissipated, I still get very down and my anxiety, like there's certain triggers that trigger my anxiety. But besides that, like I can function again on
0: a normal basis that I understand, like the anxiety triggers, because I try to diligently work through, okay, I'm starting to feel anxious, what caused this, let me journal, let me write down what were my outside factors, internal factors, did somebody say something, right, as anxiety tends to do, you start to have to ask a bunch of questions. So when you get that way, when you start to feel, feel anxious, depressed, those feelings start to come up. What are some tips that you can mm-hmm. give to get your body yeah. on the same page as your spirit and
1: your mind? So usually I will definitely immediately go outside. Just the change of scenery for one, two, you're getting that fresh air <laughs> and you're just getting like even if it's just like a 10-minute walk out there. Just go out if you need to take your socks off and put your feet through the grass and really like ground yourself. That and I love progressive muscle relaxation. It is my gem. Yeah, what is that? (laughs) So you can easily find a tutorial or anything you need on YouTube to do this. And once you get really good at it, you probably won't even need that in general. But it's basically you go through every single part of like muscle group in your body and you tense it for 10 seconds and then slowly, that is key, slowly release the muscle as you do some deep breathing. And it just focuses all of your attention on those things in your body that are happening. Whereas you're not focusing on the ruminating thoughts in the hamster wheel that you might have just put yourself on and just the negative things that are going on in your brain. You are more focusing on regulating that breath because usually with anxiety, you also get really shallow breathing. So making sure that you're taking those big, full, deep, belly breath, and then letting it go. And you're also focusing your body on those muscle groups rather than your heart racing. Like if you're shaking or sweaty, like all those other symptoms that come with anxiety, rather than focusing on that, you're focusing on your breathing and your muscles. And
2: I love it. I am definitely a hamster wheel person. I will get on and I will run that frigging wheel. Off so bad. Track. I mean, it's really bad.
1: That's something I have learned the past few years is Stop being so focused on the future. Like I never ever was used to be in the moment. And even now I struggle with it sometimes. Because it
0: seems like you've done a lot of growth, a lot of figuring out who you are, bringing it full circle. Did you find that you had a harder or easier time when you got off the pill with that transitional phase? It was definitely hard. I was still in that long distance relationship. He was
1: not very supportive of the mental health journey I was going on. Took me a long time to realize I needed to end that, but anywho. So I think it was definitely a lot harder than I wanted it to be. We're just coming around to the good parts now. So I think this year, actually COVID has been a blessing for me and just being able to really focus on myself and my kids and that's it.
0: That's so wonderful it's weird covid seems to be this uh, a double-edged sword one sense it's horrible what's happening In another it's almost been this spiritual mental emotional awakening Mm -hmm. that some people really needed it's almost like uh, you're gonna sit here and think about what you did and how you're gonna fix it i do feel that very deeply as well that it, it brought to light all of these things that I was like wow man I don't think I really healed from that past trauma or that past relationship and I was making a lot of excuses for how somebody was treating me when it wasn't right yeah. and you know more importantly, how was I treating myself, the nutrition I wasn't giving myself, not just mentally, but physically, that, that plays a huge part in it. I think people just think, you, you know, manifestation is one thing, but there are also physical things your body needs. And I do, I noticed that you talk a lot about nutrients that are depleted by birth control. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the things that you noticed when you were on it? And then versus when you got off of it that you were like, oh, wow, my body's lacking. I need this.
1: I got sick a lot when I was on it, like just colds and like Mm -hmm. runny noses and coughing and just like not feeling, you know, when you can feel a cold coming on and your body is just sore all the time. It was like that all constantly. That and I had zero energy, which is normal for me usually, but I didn't think it could get any worse. It got worse. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm more tired than usual. So I've always been very tired person. So I feel like beforehand, Before I was on birth control, I also already had some nutrient deficiencies going on and I wasn't really taking the best care of myself. So the past like year and a half, I've been focusing solely on what I put in my body, how that makes me feel and what I can do better or what I can do to work with my body rather than just ignoring all the things it's telling me. So definitely like vitamin C, the my magnesium levels were low, vitamin B, like complex, I take one of those, those are just God's gift to the world. But yeah, all of those things, like it's just
0: snowball effect. What do you do for yourself when you're not working with clients, when you're not helping other people achieve Mm -hmm. their mental goals, their physical goals, their spiritual goals? What do you do on your downtime, your quiet time to help your your top three things that you do for for yourself every day
1: I stop whatever it is that I'm doing at night I stop at nine o'clock and I just take the time to read and journal so that's something that's really grounding me I put my kids to bed at seven o'clock every night which sounds ludicrous to some other moms have agreed with me it's just then I get my evening to myself and the kids get their 12 hours of sleep that they desperately need
0: yeah people forget that being a mom doesn't need to be like 24 hours a day Mm -hmm. seven days a week like you can have some time for yourself as an individual it'll make you a better mom if anything exactly
2: i don't have kids yet i just have my three pets but man you have to take time for yourself and also if you're a couple Take time for yourself as a oh,
0: couple. Uh,
2: yes. Please remember, you're still in a relationship, and mm-hmm. I, and I get sad for people sometimes because they lose themselves in their children or in their jobs. You are allowed. Please be selfish. Exactly. Be selfish for yourself and for your partner and for your loved ones. Take time for yourself. Take time with your partner.
0: It's allowed. It's okay. It is. You're right. I think we need to promote being a little bit more selfish, not in the bad ways, no. right? In, in the and ways that- a
2: ways that connotation.
0: I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, it
2: definitely does.
0: Do you feel Brie with your clients? Do you feel like there's a sense of guilt that some of these individuals come in with that you have to kind of break down a little bit? How do you break through that with well, Even
1: just the fact that they are taking an hour out of their day to speak to me like, Oh gosh, I could be doing this and this and this. And I'm like, no, no, what about you? And so I sort of challenged them on that. Like you are an important person too. You can't, and if you aren't able to appreciate yourself or take that time for yourself and love yourself, how are you going to be able to be a hundred percent? Like you can't be a hundred percent if you are, constantly on the go, like your body will not let you continue. So just making them aware, they can see it in their symptoms. Like a lot of them, once they start tracking their symptoms, they're having are like, Oh, wow, there is a lot of things going on in my body that I wasn't aware of. And a lot of it has to do with your adrenals and your cortisone levels and your stress. Stress is a killer and they don't get that until they've actually sat down and taken the time to realize, wow, I actually am feeling these ways and
2: I need to do something about it. Now, are most of your client people who are just getting off of hormonal birth control? Are they still on it? Do you find have they never I have a bit of a mix? Some
1: are still on it and they love it and they don't want to come off it, which that's their prerogative. Others haven't been on it for years, but they are moms and have their hormones have either been a little bit disrupted since having baby or they are just literally go, go, go and never taking a time for themselves. And so their cortisol levels are way too high and their adrenals are getting run down. So
2: how does that influence because i've never heard of it in any other way other than a cortisone shot
1: so it's a stress hormone so it's released when you're stressed it controls your metabolism it interferes with your blood sugar levels your immune response and your thyroid as well so if you're constantly under like high stress like constantly going never taking time for your body to rest you're Going to produce way too much cortisol levels. So eventually your body will just
0: get used to that. I think sometimes when we hold it in, we don't talk about it, we find that we feel very alone. But then when we start to voice these things and we hear other people are feeling them, we go, oh, wait a second. This isn't just a me thing. I have a community.
2: So when I was probably in high school, I went on birth control. I don't even think at the time I was sexually active. I I think I just went on it because other people were going on it and I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe this time to do it. At first, I was like, okay, I think I took it for four to six months, if not shorter. And it screwed with me, man. I was always looking in the mirror, telling myself I was bad and I wasn't. That was like the lowest of the low. I felt so depressed. I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, maybe this is just like high school. I don't know what. I was like, maybe it's the pill. Like the light bulb moment happened. And I was like, (laughs) oh, maybe I feel so terrible because I'm on this pill. So Mm -hmm. I stopped taking it and I just, I got back to myself, but... I remember, cause it, like I said, it was a very short period of time that I was actually on it, but I remember those moments so vividly when I would look in the mirror and look and think to myself, you are, are worthless. I mean, it was, it was a big depression I was in and now I'm scared of it. So I don't even go on it. You know, my husband and I, we just use condoms. And then when I get my period, we have a celebration because we're like, well, we're not pregnant. We did what yeah. we wanted. If it works for you, I think it's, awesome. It's just mm-hmm. that one experience really tainted my experience with all of it. And now I don't want any part of it.
1: And I think that I was having this conversation the other day with a nutritionist in town about how when you're 14 and you go to the doctor because you're just starting your period or you've had it for a year or two and you just hate the fact that you have cramps every month or you get acne once during that one phase and all of those things. And they immediately are like, oh, well, here's a pill. It'll solve everything. Body doesn't even know what's going on yet like it has had not a lot of time to get figured out to get balanced obviously when you're first going through puberty your hormones are all over the place anyways so I feel like you're just given this pill to help and just block all those symptoms that you're having when really it's not figuring out the underlying issues so again like what you just said it does work for some and i think If you are going to go on birth control, like if there's anybody that hasn't been on it and wants to go on it, I think just being aware, like tracking, are you feeling differently physically or are you having like mental health things going on? Like there's so many ways that it can impact you, not just like physical symptoms when you're starting a new medication, but also mental health symptoms as well. So just being aware of those things when you're starting it out.
0: Yeah. And I think also asking questions too, right? If your gynecologist says, Hey, go on the pill, say, what other options do you have? What non-hormonal options do you have for those of us that can do? Because I loved being on birth control. I loved that freedom Mm -hmm. almost that it gave me. But then it got to a point where my gyno was switching up my prescription for it was like the name brand, then the generic, then a different generic. And she's like, oh, it's all the same. But that's not the truth. No. And ask questions. Do your own research to say what birth control is good for me. And that brings us to
2: the question of how do you find the right birth control, whether it be hormonal or not hormonal is it just trial and error
1: yeah which sucks like that sucks that's like for me now i will never ever again put another hormonal birth control into my body no matter what my doctor says to me it's not happening i'm not going through that again i'm not going to risk it so if you're nervous at all like there's nothing wrong with using condom and if you're in a relationship and that guy refuses to use condoms well the silence no. said it all <laughs> yeah
2: and mm-hmm. especially for those listeners that are young fewer sexually active and your partner will not use a condom. There is something wrong. Please get out of that relationship. It is not healthy.
1: And I know, like, even when I was a teenager, like, it was such a thing of, oh, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put that on me. Meh, meh, meh.
0: Get over it, dude. You know what's crazy is I had girlfriends who would say, oh, but I'm allergic. I'm allergic, so I don't use them. And I'm like, well, first of all, there are different types of condoms. Yeah, that's not twist. They have, a, it's not one size fits all. There's a flavor for everybody. So there is Quite no literally. excuse for you not to be safe, period. Yeah. You can enjoy your sexuality. You can enjoy the plethora of benefits that come with that, but be safe because if it's not safe, it's not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. And my
2: in-laws are so wonderful. We know once a year on Christmas, our stocking stuffer is condom. and they're like, which ones do you want this year? And it's really open conversation, but you know what? We're being safe. I'm happy that we're being safe. I'm not ready to have a kid yet. We are not ready as a couple. So we're trying to take the right precautions. It's
1: like when you get a box of chocolates, but it doesn't come with a instruction thing on it. Yes. Like a menu, you're like, what uh-oh. a
2: great analogy. Is- <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You're just like eating into the unknown chocolate box. But it is, it's important in <laughs> like educating young women. But that's what it is, that we're not being educated properly, more mm-hmm. extensively. And I don't know how we get that education out there. Is it really just through social media platforms now? Or is it health class where like the <sighs> kids that down and they Ask questions. It's not this thing where the boys are like chittering in the side. They're like, oh, she could get pregnant and have a baby. You no, know, like real
1: human talks. Yes, that is something that in I know in my town is something that I am trying really hard to start, like a program within the school, not only for like hormonal birth control options and things like that, but telling women about their cycle. Cause half of them have no idea what's going on. They don't understand why they're feeling sad a few days before their period. They just get told that it's PMS and that that's normal it's not normal it's common all of these symptoms that you're having are common almost everybody has them doesn't make them normal symptoms
0: and ovulation that's why i love an app that tracks it because you can really start to get in tune and go oh that's what's happening i'm not just losing it
1: and like your estrogen is crazy high when you're ovulating So no wonder you want to cry.
0: Your body's like, I want a kid. You're like, stop it. I don't want one. It's like trying to coerce your drunk friend to like go home. You're like, we're going to go home now. And they're like, no, I want to (laughs) stand, dance, one more song. And you're like, that's it. The club is closed. Get in the car. (laughs) The human body is beautiful. And more importantly, a woman's inner workings are even more beautiful. And (sighs) I have to just say thank you that there are people like yourself out there who are willing to take the time to say, hey, come join me. Don't be scared. I'm here to hold your hand and help you get in sync with yourself. There needs to be more people like you, Brie, that educate women on what is actually going on at the deeper level because you're not a quote-unquote crazy woman. Your body's going through something. So how can you love it, get in sync with it, and then be the best you You possibly can be.
1: I do actually have a full guide, my website, full crash course on how to start syncing and like what's going on with your cycle, so how you can literally make it work for you, what to do at each stage of your cycle, all of that. And I'm sort of expanding it into a course launching in April, so it'll be a full course on. I've got workouts involved and nutrition and mental health stuff, so that's Mm -hmm. really exciting. So eventually I'll be able to help more. I'm hoping. What advice would you give your younger self oh that's a tough one part of me wants to just be like run but then the other part of me just wants to be like you're gonna go through some things that challenge you but you in the end everything will work out and there's a reason why you have to go through those things because your life will be so amazing at one point so don't run don't be scared of it just take it all in and learn as much as you can from those things and just continue to grow and be open, open to new experiences, to new feelings. Don't shut doors. I'm a
2: firm believer in everything that happened is for a reason and mm-hmm. we move forward and I learned from it. And. All of that, good. Mm-hmm. So even if it was bad, I still learned something from it.
1: And I think there's a big part in when you can get to that point where you do not necessarily just making that connection with yourself to be able to talk to yourself about those things and learning who you are and what you're about, what makes you happy. And just spending that time alone with yourself, listening to yourself, what your doubts are, what your dreams are. And actually just like, you're an awesome person inside. You should just have a conversation with her sometimes. Talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friends.
0: Cause it starts with you. Where can all of our listeners find you? What are some of your socials and where can they get the latest and sign up for your newsletter and, and get on board? So
1: yeah, my Instagram is with. Dot b basically balance with B and my website is balancehormonecoaching.com. And those are the, al- yeah, those are the only two things I have because I'm simple and it's easy. We
0: do too. Yes. And you know what, listen, complicated or not, women are complicated. Our cycles are complicated, but you know what, with people like you, it doesn't have to be. And I think you can make it so simple but somebody just needs that that guidance. So we just thank you so much for taking the time. My God, this was informative, but fun. And that's what it should be clinical with a little bit of uh, (laughs) a little bit of spice, something extra to it. So with that, we hope you sync up with us next time.